powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. What, what was that? What was that? Thank you for being with us, everyone, for staying up. For everyone in Vancouver, you had to stay up a little longer. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain about the the airtime there. I'm not from Toronto. I'm not that entitled. But we will get into it in a little bit. And oh, I just saw myself. Sorry, I gotta cover myself up, being a little too revealing. We're gonna bring, uh, you know him on, from Twitter, the Stanchion. We're gonna bring in our great guest in just one moment. We're gonna get right into it. That was absolutely nutty i did oh i redecorated a little bit so we have our yanni ninaba nameplate and then i have the game over sticker i'm trying i'm trying to get decorative i see everyone in the chat thank you very much for joining us we're gonna get right into it there was so much to talk about i'm not sure if that was real or not but uh it was fun it, it was fun that's the cool thing about the the Habs this season it's pure chaos it's like those nights from high school you remember little blurbs of them you think you had fun but you wake up with a broken ankle all right so we're gonna get into it in just one moment but first a quick word from our sponsors let's see if i have this memorized okay Wanna bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Uh, the NFL's in full swing. World Cup is going on. Crazy World Cup. A lot of fun there. And obviously, the hockey season is happening. Or we might be stuck in the Matrix because that was kind of messed up, that game we just saw there. That might have been a simulation. Uh, you can bet pregame, live in play. There's prop bets in there. Is Caulfield going to outscore Matthews? Probably not, but it's funny to see Leafs fans stress about it. You can, uh, it's made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteractions.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteractions.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. As per usual, I never introduce myself, but my name is Martin Dumont. I am the host for Game Over Montreal when we kick Andrew out of here. We have Wyatt coming up in just one moment. And... I always forget because I'm a thousand years old, but you got to smash the button. You got to like it and do all that stuff so that our uh, Steve doesn't punish me. Because if not, Steve comes in and he throws rotten tomatoes at us. Let's bring Wyatt in. How's it going, buddy? How are you doing? Uh, doing good. But if you're going to name drop Yanni Enema, I feel like I got to name drop uh, Dave Babbage for the Canucks. I got to represent Dave, Okay, but no, no, no. You're going. That's way too good of a mu mustache. Sorry, bud. That's like, no, 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 no. Um, for who, who could you name drop? Who's that obscure guy? Jeff Bookaboom. Was he? He was he? A, he was a rain. He beat the Canucks in '94. Now you're just attacking me. That's cruel. Shit. Why would that, you? That was me. Wow. My bad. My bad. Wow. All right, Jan Bulis. We're gonna stick with Jan Bulis, right? Okay, Perry. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's an opposing blogger by like people for for links as well and clicks. So again, you're really throwing away the book. Daniel Wagner, fantastic guy. He's competition. You yeah. know what's what funny because. Bullis became like this cult, no, like cult figure in Montreal. I didn't know he did the exact same thing in in Vancouver. But like we yeah. we kind of like him, but we're kind of laughing at him. Yeah, yeah. I know he's, he's like, yeah. He also like piggybacked a guy in Vancouver. That's how he kind of rose to fame here by jumping some guys back, uh, like Yoda. It was weird, but you know we love our, our obscure stories over here too. That so. is four goal scorer, Jan. Yeah, Jan Bullis. Yeah, okay. Okay. I forget the four goals. Sorry, no <laughs> against disrespect. the Philadelphia Flyers. So we got everybody in the chat. Um, we got Colin McDonald who's watching from Vietnam. Um. Yeah, sorry. I, sorry. I know I'm 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 exposing a little too much skin here, but hey, it's two o'clock in Montreal, so that's what happens. We're, what do you guys want us to talk about? We have Lindsay's in the chat. We have all our regulars. I I I wrote down topics here, White. But what do you take from that chaotic whatever that was game? 
I feel like between these two teams, it was like destined to end this way. You know, two teams trying to find their way, trying to rebuild in their own way. And uh, like if the Canucks got up for nothing, I would not have believed that lead would have held and probably wouldn't have. So it, it feels like the perfect kind of game for these teams to have just like chaos everywhere and defense kind of out the window and getting the offensive push there. And, you know, we had some some good clips of Goudreau getting real angry. So it was a lot to talk about. I mean, again, when it was for nothing, those games, I thought maybe I should, you know, write about a boring planned game, but I'm kind of glad we had this head-to-head tilt makes it more interesting to talk about that's for sure i got i got real arrogant at four zero like I'm, I, I'm on i'm on twitter like hey say nice things about vancouver like off oh, i'm being that guy <laughs> from the east that's like well you know they also have apartments over there and they have like elevators and uh it's got temperate weather it's fine <laughs> <laughs> some say it rains a lot and but you know they have good food and whatnot um one of the things i i think that fans have talked a lot between these two teams and, and the score doesn't matter in this context is where they're at with their rebuild I think, in my opinion, the Canucks essentially are kind of holding back on what the Habs did last year. Is that what the vibe you're getting out of Canucks fans? Yeah, I mean, it's ever since kind of Jim Benning took over, it's kind of been a long-standing debate, like, what are they ever going to do an actual rebuild? And for years, that was the running joke that they would never use the word rebuild. And the most we got out of them one time, they admitted, okay, maybe it'll be a retool. And it's like, oh, all Their right. GMs <laughs> don't say that word anymore, right? It's, it's a yeah, bad word. It's a band where I'm sure for owners, it means like potentially losing money from ticket sales or the team does bad. But I don't think, you know, hockey men give enough credit to the idea that a fan base will support a rebuild as long as you have a plan that you lay out for the fans. And that's all Vancouver fans really want. Like they are a very loyal market. Yeah, sure. We get mad at stuff, but fans just want a no plan. And right now the plan has been the no plan plan where every year, you know, we've got these big contracts that keep trying to push for the playoffs. And even this year, the fact they're doing so poorly, like that's good for them in a way because they get a better draft pick. But like everyone's waiting for them to kind of figure it out, scramble back in like they did in the game today. And you know, push for that bubble spot where they either just make the playoffs or just fail to make the playoffs, and then they're still stuck in the middle. And that's kind of the, the fear of every Canuck fan right now is that this team will just forever be perpetually stuck in the middle ground, never really gaining ground and never really being bad enough to, to get the, the Bedards of the world or the high draft picks. You know, it's funny, and I guess I can say this now because, well, yes, I no longer work for the Habs, and yes, they fired me. We, that's been covered. But the reason they hired me was uh, Jeff Molson heard me on the radio one morning, and I was going all in on saying, hey, shit or get off the pot. It was a five-minute segment saying, essentially, you know, you're walking that line, and I get it, but the, like fans, stop treating fans like idiots. And I feel like now with the change in Montreal, that's like the, the blaming the fans part is an excuse. Let's be perfectly honest. Vancouver fans would be fine with a proper rebuild as long as you're honest with them. And I think that goes for any Canadian market. No, 100%. That's the thing with this team. Like, you have them saying, like, oh, like, I don't know if this team, this market can handle it. And this this market deserves to, to see some wins. We're going to kind of push and go in. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. Don't sign someone just to get into the playoffs. Sign for the long term. You that's mean like Ekman Larson? That's going well, right? Oh, I, I we'll get to him later. Oh, man. Um, but I will say, like, for me, my example I always use is, like, the Washington Capitals for the longest time had a great team, and they kind of had the rep of not being able to get done in the playoffs. But what they did was they built such a good team that gave themselves a ton of chances to win the Stanley Cup. And what happened? They won a cup, right? You give yourself as many tickets to the dance as possible. Mm-hmm. And Vancouver's not doing that right now. Like, yeah, first round in the bubble was the worst thing this team ever did because it gave them hope that, like, oh, no, like we're here. We're ready now. Uh, and that's clearly not the case. It's funny because I've always had that mentality with the Leafs that they should actually, and I know this isn't a Leafs or or, or a, a Capitals show. What what the Capitals did, they stuck to their guns, but it was for good reason, right? They 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 they, they pushed away the idea that hey, you got to break it all up. And I actually think the Leafs should kind of keep doing that, uh, even though I laugh at them on the side. I kind of think that's the same theory. But obviously, the Canucks and the Canadians are not in the you know just not even close to that. But I do want to get your your opinion because Habs fans are pretty excited about this rebuild. You know, we when we look at guys like Caulfield and Suzuki, like there's actual talent there. 
what's your opinion as an outsider? Are we getting way too hyped about what's going on in Montreal? Because, you know, they're, they're already saying the rebuild's ahead of schedule. And I'm thinking, hey, look at the underlying numbers. Like, it, it, you're going to hit a wall in a few months. But what's your opinion as an outsider? Well, I think it's a good thing. It's kind of like mirrors a bit of Vancouver and that like, that's another thing I want to talk about, like rebuilds. Like if you get a couple of good young players, the fan base gets excited and they can see that, yeah. you know, over the horizon. And let's say, even if it's like, you know, it's a bit of a, a smoke and mirror situation, it still gets the fans to buy tickets, still kind of gives you time to figure out your roster. And let's say, you know, Montreal, Vancouver has, a, you know, a decent season that it falls apart at the end. As long as you've got those younger players in the lineup that you can kind of rely on, that feels good. Like if you, if OEL has a resurgence here and has like a 35 point yeah. season, you're not, yeah, <laughs> when, not if. Uh, it's just like, it's hard to get excited about that. Like that guy, I don't think he's part of the solution here, but if you've got someone like Quinn Hughes or Elias Patterson coming in and like having that great season or you have Cole Caulfield just having a tremendous season, Suzuki just goes off. Like that feels good because that's those are guys are going to be around a while. You can build around that. You can start looking at the pieces to bring in to kind of build up a roster. So again, for any team that's rebuilding, as long as you start getting these young guys in there, like it's, whether you're going to, those young players will be there for the full rebuild or you can then trade them for parts or whatever it may be. Like that gets fans excited because the worst thing you can have, like look at Vancouver. Bruce Brujo gets Bruce there at his chance. And all it was was he came in, the team started winning, they had some guys go off. Like, that's yeah. you just need a bit of a rush, and fans will get behind you. And again, like this year, they haven't done that well. It's been a bad season, and there's grumbling because of the nine years of anger here. But at the is end that, of the is day, is that what it's at? Nine years of anger? Oh, it's, I mean, it's because that's the thing. The under, like, it was, it feels like a novel, like a horrible novel. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It's, I guess, I've been covering the teams. So I started covering the team officially in 2012. So, like, I got on board when the team was going downhill. Yay, me. Uh, so, it you've has only known time. pain. That's it. You've <laughs> only know. known pain. I've only known how to write pain. Um, and I'm good at it now. But it's just, yeah, like for Montreal, it's exciting to see those own players because, like, that's good to watch. And you see the fabrics getting into it because that's, that's what turns, you know, the, the fans and gets them on your side is like, hey, look. We're rebuilding. Here's the future. Here's the plan. And that's the thing with Vancouver. Like the weird thing about this city is that they don't bring in draft picks at all. Like they trade away draft picks. They have, they've had probably the fewest draft picks of almost any of the teams. And it's like, again, getting draft picks is just like giving yourself as many chances at winning the cup. Give yourself as many chances to hit on those second rounders or third rounders. And for Vancouver to kind of resist that, that's a part of the the pain and suffering in the city. <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's insulting when when I hear GM say, you know, oh no, we have to go for it. We can't rebuild. Not to me. Let's be. I don't know if I'm able, but that's bullshit. It's it is complete and utter bullshit. It's just putting an excuse there, saying, I know I'm not going to succeed, but this is why I'm not allowed. You're not allowed to criticize me. That's kind of how I see it. Now, I don't want to get negative on you because that was a big win for for the Canucks, but. Let's talk about what happened a couple days ago with Mr. Brock Besser. For those that don't know, okay, I'm going to recap real quick. Um, it was, um, and I believe Bruce Boudreau when he says he didn't know this, but it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night. They were pulling Besser out of the lineup. We all know his father, Duke, um, he passed away in May. It was a really important game for him. He had family there. He was going to miss it. Uh, then it was what, the Gota Joshua got minor injury. This is a guy who has three times fewer points. They put Besser in. He Game time goal, they go on to win it. But he also requested a trade. And you know when it gets to that point when the trade is public, when the when the, the agent leaks it. And I could be wrong, you can but that sounds like it's getting pretty serious. So what's going on with him and, and how can the Canadians acquire his services? <laughs> well, I mean, he's almost the perfect situation for a uh, exactly. you know, low cost, high risk, uh, no, sorry, low risk, uh, high reward kind of guy right now. He's got now, the age, he, man. Yeah, like again, the you know, worst case you're getting a Michael Ryder type player who can score goals for you, but like hey. if he takes off, like hey, Michael Ryder, he's a good player. And like it would say a Thomas Vanek guy, like I always viewed Besser as a guy that like, yeah, I can go score goals. There's always talk about him maybe being a 34 year old guy, but whether it was injuries and there was an infamous back injury where he got hit into an open uh bench by the uh, by the bench, open door by the bench that took his back out. And it feels like his he had a wrist Once injury. Once you have like a back he, injury, man. 
it's yeah daniel sedino is all about that his game suffered for a couple years too from back injury like back injuries just oh man like eric dazi i think we can just list players that have had bad back injuries name right? dropping those back injuries yeah but, no and it's yeah, one of those injuries where i'm like oh no they'll never recover from it sorry man i like yeah 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 but 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 is he is he is it legit anger right now like is it is it he, he's done with vancouver and and it really seems like that's it once you go public man there's no coming back is there I mean, I think there might be, but I think the fact that like his agent can just kind of start facilitating trades is not a good sign. It also means that his his value is pretty low. And for the you know Vancouver fans, it's kind of tough that you know Brock Besser. I'm not saying he's going to be a world beater, but the fact that you're now trying to deal him at his lowest value and like you're hearing the rumors are like, oh, they'd be lucky if they could get a third for him. Like that's it's, it's the Jeff Petrie situation basically in Montreal, yes. kind of soured, and you're like, man, he's good, but we're we have to move him at his lowest possible value. Exactly. And like, it's a no win situation. And for Brock, yeah, I bet you he will have a bit of resurgence. And for, if I'm any team in NHL, yeah, the 6.5 million, that's, that's a bit of a tough contract. Mm. But if you look at the potential chance for him to turn around, I think it's pretty good, right? And it's like two years left in his deal. It's not like it's like an eight year deal. Yeah. There's a lot of maneuverability there. I think that's something that if you're, yeah, Montreal, any Calgary, anyone out there, I would be trying to pick him up because from what you're hearing, yeah, the prices seem pretty low. And well, it's, it's for Brock, it's just kind of like, yeah, like there's a lot of this off ice news you're hearing about, whether it's like the Rachel Dory situation or the Brock Besser, you know, getting his healthy mm -hmm. scratch situation. It feels like there's just more like negative news off the ice than positive on the ice. And that's never a good look for a franchise. Well, listen, I mean, with Montreal, let me just Google the carry the latest carry price drama. Which, by the way, I know a lot of people, I was getting, I was getting wrecked by both sides. That's how I know I'm completely wrong there when I'm just getting destroyed by both sides. I grew up a hunter but again not big on uh you know selling guns on massacres but we're not going to get into that we're not going to get into that right now um i i look at brock besser and i say at his age he's the mentor i want for the canadians i don't want guys like that and off and and sorry guys like hoffman etc they're they're a little too past that great you know they'll be in their 32 33 i look at besser and i say hey Yes, like 6.5 is a lot, but the Habs have about 35 million in dead cap space right now. So every time I hear these guys are, are too much, I think, okay, but you can trim fat elsewhere because Besser, you can actually get a return on your investment. What would it cost to acquire a guy like Brock Besser? Well, that's what we're here. We're here like, like, oh, you're lucky to get a third or I think no. cap capital is what it would take. It's be right? a no, first, right? Not here. That's the thing. Like the, the again, who you never know. Like, to be fair, like, we don't know fully, but like you're just hearing like the value is low and the fact that the agents try to facilitate it and we never know because Rutherford obviously he wanted well, we heard that he was looking to deal with uh, JT Miller last season and he held on and the asking price was like sky high and eventually what were they asking for him like uh, the first your best prospect and a second or something like exactly that? visual yeah, yeah. like I want like a roster player <laughs> value almost and like and then a secondary player then a draft pick and it's like okay that's never gonna happen no. but good for you for shooting for the moon you're a fantasy football oh player. and lots of teams offense. are interested in him lots of teams yeah, like, yeah. like line up yeah exactly so with Brock I mean yeah you'd hope they would get like I would, you know, I think most Canucks fans would, would want, uh, you know, defense being looked at. That's all, oh. which team doesn't. But in terms of, it's either going to be a draft pick or, or a defense because, you know, forward-wise, they can probably fill the roster with what they've got. And it's just, for Brock, the only thing issue with his has been his skating. I think he's better defensively than people realize, but he just doesn't, like, you know, like someone like Tyler Mott will be skating all the time and look like he's working really hard. And it's like, that guy's working so hard. He's hustling, but he's, is it because he's behind the play or not? That's yeah, the right. Like, like, he's not really efficient. He's just skating time. like this. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like hitting the glass. Like, good for him. Go get look him. Look at him go, man. Like, yeah, go get him, Tiger. You're a champ. And then someone like Brock Besser tries to kind of be like the more of the cerebral He anticipates, make, and he looks yeah. lazy for doing it. 
Exactly. And that's kind of what the, I remember I learned that lesson with Alex, Alexander McGillney. Like, he would yep. get hit for that, but he was just trying to be a smart player. And, you know, someone like Elias Pedersen, who was so good at that, he just has this, this this speed to kind of make up for any bad reads. And Brock doesn't. So if he gets beat, all of a sudden people are like, oh, this guy's terrible. He's terrible. But last season, he was really efficient with Tanner Pearson. Mm-hmm. And I think he can be a good defensive player. But I think just this year, he's at, he's, yeah, to be fair, he's not played well. Uh, he has had some injuries, had the off ice issues in terms of like just kind of going through tough life moments. And I think it's a perfect chance for a team to come in and like, hey, maybe you get a 25 goal score for for the Chief, honestly. Well, and I'm looking at the Habs right now. They've, they're doing that with Monahan. They're doing it with Kirby Dock. And it, maybe I'm just getting a little greedy because most of these recoup projects usually fail miserably. I mean, the Leafs remade Galchenyuk and obviously he's better now. But most of the time when you try to, you know, recoup these guys, it goes horribly wrong. But I just don't see why... And, and I'd like to get the input from the chat. I'm not going to take another button down. I'm actually going to put another button up, Sarah. Sorry. this is You don't want to see this too much. You don't want to see my French-Irish hair too much. But let us know if you'd like Brock Besser and the Canadians and Canucks fans. Let us know the price. Because if it's a third-round pick, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll drive to Vancouver right now yeah. and, and go it, pick them up. I, it feels I, low. <laughs> okay, so what's the next step for Vancouver? Is it this perpetual okayness? Like, like... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You heard Rutherford and Alvin talking about how, like, yeah, maybe this, the city deserved to see some wins, and, and then they re-signed Miller to that huge deal. So it doesn't feel like they've shown us um, anything to see that they're going to rebuild. And, yeah, technically they can still trade JT Miller before his no-trade kicks in next season, but, like, hockey doesn't really do those kind of bold moves that often, so I doubt no. it would happen. Well, or I mean, I, it happened to Subban, right? That's the only I can yeah, think of, that right before his no-move kicked in, yeah. Yeah, it can happen, but like to have the deal just signed and then have it happen like three months later, you'll get that old locking in, like, oh, we can't do that to a guy who gave him our word, sort of thing. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you look at just like Bo Horvat either pricing himself off the team, maybe don't want to be here anymore. Um, the good news is like, because he's like, he's got his 20th goal right now, like, technically, if you do want to trade him, there'd be a lineup of people to try and get a center. Like, teams would line up for Bo Horvat. Mm-hmm. Um, if they oh, do God, move yeah. on from him, yeah. Sean like, Monahan's about to go if, if he's not injured, which, by the way, I don't know whether the Habs are playing him right now. He's injured, but from what I heard from several like solid sources, I'm not a big rumor guy is it's going to be an easy first round pick, like easy that they can pick up at the deadline, which kind of blows my mind. This is a 15 point player, but centers are going to go for a premium. Oh, a center, a captain, a guy that you know is like not going to embarrass you off the ice and the guy that's like just a you know, real good guy in the locker room. Like that's an easy price because then you like then you can resign him to like a good six, seven year deal. Like that's an, kind of an easy guy to trade and it would be at his highest value because I don't think he's going to be this guy. Like he's on pace for like, I don't know, like 69 goals or something like this. Like he's not going to be that guy nice. all the time. <laughs> yeah, nice, right? Exactly. So I, I do think that, yeah, I think obviously center depth and defense are the two biggest things for any franchise. So if the Canucks are trying to stay in it, they would want to keep Bo. But again, like, this core has been around for a while. If they do want to move forward and if they traded Bo and got a huge return, like that's still, that's, that's probably a step in the right direction as hard as it might be for some Canuck fans to hear. Yeah. Well, and, and it's bold though, let's be honest, but now in the NHL, that's actually, if you, you know, your window isn't as long. I think a lot of these gems think you have a five or eight year window. And I don't know if that's true anymore. Right. So it feels like the Canucks could actually do, you don't want to use rebuild because they all lose their minds, but a retool on the fly or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, okay, you know, and again, they're calling me a prostitute on the chat, and that's only on Sundays, okay? <laughs> that's only on Sundays, and uh, and there's deals. So, uh, I wanted to talk to you about, um, just the reaction in, in, in general for tonight. When, when Canucks fans see that, are they happy, or are they kind of like, what just happened there? Like, are they, is this a win you're proud of? Or, and this is an honest question. I know I'm sounding really condescending and patronizing right now. Oh, no, but no, no, like, no. Is this a good win for Vancouver? No, it's weird because Vancouver's got that weird, like, yeah, love-hate relationship with the team. So when, like, when they win, they're like, of course, the playoffs are back on, but no one knows if they're being serious or not. Like, yeah. things were like, 
you give yourself enough room to be like just kidding or was i like yeah. you just don't know what's happening. <laughs> sounds pretty familiar yeah yeah i like yeah, that yeah yeah exactly right so i think like there's a lot of uh snark on Canucks there's obviously some fan based uh fans here that like, just want to see the team win and they're happy and stoked and some that do believe the paris back on but i think for the most part a lot of them are kind of realized that like hey like you know both teams are kind of rebuild retooling right now. This yeah. is just kind of par for the course, what kind of game it was going to be. And no one's taking the results too seriously one way or the other. <laughs> well, I, I, I just look at it and I, I, it bothers me so much when I see a club kind of just, but every single NHL does, NHL team does it nowadays. Let's be perfectly honest when it comes to, to not being able to commit. That's why I'm excited when I see Ken Hughes. What was your reaction when Ken Hughes came in as GM for the Habs? Cause I, I, I was working for the Habs at the time. So I had to spin it into something good. But the back of my mind was 100 years old saying, who the hell is this guy? He, you know, he can't coach. He has no experience. I was being old man hockey. Were you expecting him to come into Montreal and just kind of stick to his guns and not really give a crap what the old hockey, you know, the old boys were saying? That's so refreshing because, like, I, I mean, I do wonder, like, if Weber doesn't get hurt and if Price doesn't get hurt, like, would they have kind of stuck to their guns and be like, like they would have. Yes, they would have. have. Like, okay. They would have. Started. 100%. <laughs> And, and, I like i know this yeah 100 but now we get to praise them for what they did do yeah. okay 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 fine circumstances help them out but um 100 if weber was healthy and price was ready they're retooling and going i'm telling you right now yeah absolutely okay yeah. i mean uh, all right fair enough <laughs> but yeah, hey they pivoted be... right that's and that's what i like about it is that, that a new true. a new situation came and they adapted and that's and that, that there's to be credit to be given for that because that's the thing about when Mike Yells was here, like he was always trying to find different ways to win. And hockey is one of the, like the slowest sports kind of adapt. But you see in the NFL, like a first rounder after a year, like teams are like, ah, oh, let's move on. Like they're so ready to move on, right? Like, Second day of cap, they're like releasing yeah. their their <laughs> their first round pick. Like, like a quarterback goes first over, like, all right, next year, he's not the quarterback we wanted. And we saw it happen like once in hockey. Like that's the thing that's weird that like, Mike Milbury was kind of cutting edge. Like he had deep Pietro's like, no, Luongo's the guy. And like, yeah, you know, or Luongo, other way around. But like, he's, oh, I think that like you know he was wrong, but like the the method was there to be like yeah i think i can get better and i inshallah uh, is kind of so resistant to that sort of thing like oh no this is slow play slow play so for for people to come in and kind of buck the trend like for me i was wearing gills like he was mocked for talking about like let's find out sleep doctors and get our sleeping pattern like we have to travel so much we want to get like good uh, sleeping pattern rhythms in and people yeah, your circadian rhythm doctor. it's an actual yeah. thing like yeah yeah and it's an actual thing now teams are all kind of using it because it's like yeah why wouldn't you want to get an edge it costs you nothing find any edge you can and there's so much of hockey that's like old school kind of like no 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 we can't that's not the way to do things so for montreal yeah to like kind of buck that trend but like anything that, that bucks any of the old school traditions like that's usually a good thing <laughs> i okay yeah and and we're being reminded because again i'm the worst at this you gotta you gotta like or subscribe or else i don't know the 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 google gods will will shut down my my late night interneting i'll take one more button if we get to 30 likes okay that's the deal one more button we're getting sexy late at night um i I need to know here um when we look at the canadians for that run i want to go back a little bit i saw the canes run through the cup and again i'm a house fan so i'm going right back to the you know how awesome was it when we were awesome um I always thought the media actually did a pretty crap job on that outside of Montreal because all they were saying the entire time was this team shouldn't be winning. Have we lost a little bit? Oh man, I am a thousand years old, but a little bit of the magic when when things go wrong according to the projections. For example, Nick Suzuki this year, he's scoring on every third shot. We know he's not going to score on every third shot for the rest of his life, but we're Habs fans are being told you can't enjoy it. This is not fun. This is not good. It doesn't matter that it happened. Have we reached a point a little bit where projections are kind of ruining reality? And again, I know I sound a thousand years old in this, but I often get annoyed when I see people say that shouldn't have happened. Well, guess what? It did happen. I understand it shouldn't have happened. Is, is that, is that, or, or am I just being bitter in general? 
I think just especially for the fandom with social media, it makes it real easy for someone to kind of come along and statistically try and take a giant dump on you and be like, well, that's not going to last or this is going to be good enough. And you see it with, obviously with like Horvat and same thing, like he, you know, his stream percentage is too high. It's going to come down to earth. And yeah, you're probably right. But uh, I think it's just, as long as hockey clubs aren't making decisions that are like, oh, like this guy got like 60 goals. He's for sure locked for the rest of his career. Like that's where the trouble comes in. But if you're a fan, yeah, you got to try and enjoy those moments because, yeah, a lot of sports is luck, right? That's why you want as many chances at the can as possible because how many times has a, a good team lost because of bad luck? Like 2011, let's go back to our old days of all our cup runs that have failed for these franchises. Um, you guys have won a couple, I guess. But oh, I mean, and I mean, the Canucks, <laughs> the, I mean, they should have done, yeah. And let's, we can even bring it out. San Jose should have won four cups by now. You know, they were yeah. probably the, yeah. the least they lucky such team. A good yeah. team. Yep. I mean, the, the stanchion goal. So I got a career, right? It's just these things have happened where it's just like bad luck comes in and you just kind of give yourself as many chance to win. And during a season, yeah, there can be players that go off and the people tell you, oh, like I've heard that too. Suzuki, oh, whatever. It's not going to sustainable. I'm like, sure, I, I get that. But like, you just still be able to enjoy it and, and be able to talk about it. You just, it's just so hard to even tweet at one thought while the people come along and be like, enjoy it while you can because it's not going to last. Like, okay, relax. Like, well, I mean, that's like, the whole point. That, lost, that's right? why we like, still watch, right? And I mean, like, yeah. and it's annoying because I was kind of at the forefront of, hey, hey, old guys, listen to the numbers. And now I'm kind of here and I'm, and they're, and now I'm the guy that they're like, hey, hey, old man, like, shut up. You got to listen to the numbers. So I, I get it. And they are saying here, I'm a very bitter person. You, you guys don't even know how bitter I am. I'm still <laughs> upset at things that were done in the late, late 80s there. You know what I mean? So, okay, Wyatt. You're you're a big wrestling fan, apparently. Oh, uh, uh, very much so. Very okay, much so. so if I like Bam Bam Bigelow era, what are we what are we going at here? Like when what what was your me yeah, it was Bam um, Bam me was, was obviously yeah. you know Ultimate Warrior era and before the Andre the Giant. That's where I was big into wrestling. Yeah, I hit Bret Hart was kind of got me into the Canadian stuff and him being like his little run and eventually being like uh you know face in Canada and a heel uh, in the states. Yeah. That was great. So that, his run is a yeah that was probably the my favorite eras i got to uh i had Sami Zayn on for the montreal canadians which is oh, really cool and i can say this now awesome. one of the things is he became a huge fan during the playoffs and then we had owen um uh, excuse his, the other guy from uh, montreal. kevin owens yes kevin owens they're yep. chirping each other on twitter and we had him live and and i told the habs we have to capitalize on this let's go let's go let's get them involved like this is free i don't think you understand how big wrestling is they shut it down but i brought Sami Zayn up to the uh the press box and we're walking and he starts pointing I'm like, what? He's like, Montreal Screwjob. I was sitting right there for the Montreal Screwjob. You know what <laughs> I mean? So it was pretty cool to me that I'm looking up at this superstar and he's he went back to being a little boy and being like, that's where Bret Hart got screwed. I was sitting right there. So yeah, that was a uh, that was one of my fun. I, I, I can't really, I don't know much about wrestling now. I have to admit, I am the like old days are better. But uh, it seemed now there's a whole new league, right? What, AEW? AW, I'm not as big into the the pro stuff anymore. I got involved in the indie scene in Vancouver. There's something like okay. kind of like when you watch like uh, the World Juniors, the NCAA. There's something freeing about like being a bit removed from the big business. Well, side that's, of that's happening in Montreal right now. One of my friends, there's a big indie scene that's growing yes. in Montreal. Oh, great! There's a great scene out east, and it's awesome. If you ever want to see a show, but like it's just it's so like just fun. Mm -hmm. and like innocent and uh enjoyable like i went and saw a show in vancouver first one many years ago and it was just i was just blown away by how like invested the crowd was and, and how you know what people was. allow themselves to have fun i like that you know what i yeah, mean oh yeah exactly they're not giving they've had stats that guy's not gonna hit two power bombs in a row <laughs> <laughs> you know he's, he's gonna regress pretty quick on those yeah. all right hey listen I, I and i know we have a good amount of people watching but we're gonna keep this pretty quick we've been on the air for already 26 minutes um i want to thank everybody on the uh, uh on the chat you guys are amazing for, for hanging out with us until the end. You got to like the button. Oh, and we got to 31, so I I, I got to... Take that button uh, down. No, I don't want to show any nudity, though. <laughs> we don't want to be shut down. Uh, Wyatt, where do you think the Canadians will finish this year? Because, hey, statistically, I'm going to be the... Meh, they shouldn't be doing this good. They shouldn't be over 500. Where do you think they end? 
I think they're going to regress. They're going to be outside the playoffs and get one of those top 10 picks. Why are you ruining my notch? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah. I mean, it's a better spot to be in. You want to hope that happens. Like, you don't want that bubble spot like Vancouver. It's like, run from that. The Habs did that for 10 years. And and then they had no development on top of it. So, you know, and this year, when we look at the top guys, I don't know about you, and, and I've already, I'm not as smart as all the young guys looking at the prospects, but goddamn, that's a good draft. Like, that is... Yeah, an all-time draft. What about the Canucks? Where do you think they'll finish? Uh, I mean, I always assume they'll get that weird bubble spot just outside the playoffs, but I just think that was everything going on and potentially the, the locker room being, you know, not as, you know, focused as years past. I think they're not going to do that well. I think it would be like maybe potentially 10 or 11th pick for them this year. What about Joel Edmondson for Brock Besser? Done deal. He's, <laughs> hey, hey, Joel Edmondson is rough. <laughs> he's, he's physical. You want him on... We already have a Luke Shen. We're good with, the, with our tough guy. We're good. <laughs> I can't believe someone was saying the other day, is Luke Shen still plays? Like, yeah, man, he just took the lead for hits like all time or was that, or no, in one game? All time or? for defenseman. Yeah, he's, he's he beat up Brooks Orpik for the most hits by D-man. All time. Uh, yeah, all time for D-man. He's like within shooting distance of 3,000. He's like 50 away from 3,000 career hits. So you know what? And I mean, I know this guy took a lot of crap. Actually, he was quite good when he was younger. And he's, in, and he's lost some fights, but he's won. But that's impressive as hell. Like, that is... Good oh, he him, reinvented man. himself like the whole story like he almost was out of the nhl and he kind of found his step in vancouver and then goes on to win two cups of tampa bay and then returns to vancouver where he's like a, a cult hero like that's a pretty impressive comeback for a guy that almost retired at age 29 like and again he talks about how he works with gary roberts to kind of like reinvent his game take an extra second make the right pass and not just like chase hits like he give him you gotta give him credit for like figuring out a way to stay in the league i love that and it's teaching me because oftentimes i make you know just okay this guy's that this guy's that and then I, like for example arbor jack in the minors i'm watching him and i'm like this guy will never do anything for the Montreal Canadiens. And then he's actually been statistically one of their better players. So it's always good to be able to readjust your adjustments. And, and I mean, if you cover hockey, you know, as well as I, we get so many things wrong. That's, that's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We can be wrong all the time. <laughs> if, if you're not, if you're not wrong, you're not, you're not actually trying. You're not in the right industry. Um, okay. Oh, is Shen is getting traded. Apparently does that, that's what the draft is saying. Just relax. He's. I mean, that that would be a guy that if you were going to trade, like there are going to be teams lining up to, to trade for him, unless it just happened right now and I'm not aware of it. Um, but yeah, he, he's the guy that, would... that a lot of teams will think Joel Edmondson is, but he's actually he'll provide good value. Oh, he's got two Stanley Cup rings for the leadership, and he's got the hits, and he's like again, it helps play with Quinn Hughes. That's a bit of a secret ingredient to all this. <laughs> but he has like I think if you're looking to add him for like a second rounder, like teams will pay that easily because like everyone's looking for defensive depth for a playoff run. And that's why Joel Edmondson should be on your team yeah, for yeah. at least first rounder for Joel Edmondson. <laughs> hey, and your best prospect and a B prospect just yeah, to like, right? just to yeah, push it in there. Ask for the moon. Ask for the moon. <laughs> All right. Thank you everybody for watching. Honestly, that was fun. Hey, White, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at the stanchion on Twitter. And uh, if you ever want to read about the Canucks, we're even tonight's game uh, at Canucks Army. I'm going to do the recap. It's a lot of gifts, a lot of videos. It's not your traditional sports recap. It's a lot of like jokes and stuff. So it's lighthearted and fun. Hey, go check it out, Habs fans. Go check it out tonight to get a bit of perspective because I don't think anybody really understood what the hell just happened. So that's a good thing to go. So go check out Canucks Army. And thank you, everybody, on the chat. Make sure to like it, all that fun stuff. We'll be back. I think the Habs have a game tomorrow. Time has lost absolutely all meaning for me since the pandemic started. So, um, We are in September. No, okay. There's probably a game tomorrow. If there is, I will see you there. Thank you very much, Wyatt. Thank you to everybody watching. That was awesome. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. All I got to say is you want to trade for Joel Edmondson. Have a good night, everybody. Salute.